Hey folks, it's your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to the One America podcast. This is our last episode of season three of the summer. We will kick off season four after Labor Day 2022, and we have a great podcast for you that will air uh, live from Tyson's Corner, Virginia at my book event there. And I will have a special guest and we will do a live show. We're still working out the details of that, but that will be our first podcast of season four, episode one. More information coming. Uh, This episode is about labels and how we label each other and the way our dialogue has descended into a really dark place in the United States. How we name call, how we uh, take those that dissent from us or disagree with us. And we don't just leave it at disagreement. We now label them. We now demand that they be fired. We demand that they be removed. We curse them on social media. We create videos about them. We tag their places of employment. We tag anything that they have to do with. We go on their social media and and, uh, attack it and call them names. It's really a really ugly trend that has been happening for some time, but it's escalating and it's not going unnoticed by the media and by others about the impact it's having on us as citizens living in the same country, trying to work together, live together and get along. Check out this podcast. It's on fire as always. And it's raw as always. And that's the way I want to do things because I think transparency and authenticity is how we're going to get through this. We're going to have to learn how to respect each other's differences and really really respect those differences, even when they make our blood boil. So check out this episode about labels and the danger of labeling those you disagree with in America. Happy August, everyone. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to the One America podcast. We are Uh, on summer hiatus after this episode and back after Labor Day for the start of season four. If you can believe it, it's been four years, 2019, since I started this podcast. Uh, If you haven't taken a minute to look at some of our previous guests, I totally recommend that you do. We've had some pretty great people on this podcast with a lot more to come, members of Congress, members of the national media, professors, deans, uh, academics, scholars, uh, political analysts, you name it, we've had them. And I'm looking forward to the start of season four. I want to talk to you today about uh, something that I think is really important as we head into the midterm elections this 2022. This country, as I've said many times before, is deeply divided. And those divisions are only growing deeper. I'm worried. And what I'm worried about most of all is the way that there is an escalation in how we talk about each other, how we label each other, how we denigrate each other, how we uh, pain each other, how we demean and dehumanize one another. It's becoming very commonplace. It's becoming something we accept as normal, whereas 20 years ago or 30 years ago, there would be outrage over someone trying to tell a fellow American what they could do with their body, 
whether or not a woman has the right under the existing laws with respect to HIPAA and privacy uh, over what she decides to do for a gynecological procedure or an obstetrics consultation with her doctor, an atopic pregnancy, a miscarriage, or even terminating a pregnancy. I've been on the record for decades. I'm pro-life. As a Christian, I believe that life begins at conception. As a Christian, I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. As a Christian, I believe that each of us is endowed by our creator with unalienable rights given to us by God, not by man. As a Christian, I believe that a woman is biologically born a woman as we understand what a woman is from the garden forward. Let me stop there because the fact that I've said those four things is going to piss a lot of people off. And it's okay that it pisses them off. It's okay that they disagree. It's okay that they don't like my view of the world as I see it through my faith. What's not okay is they're going to come on to this podcast and then they're going to go on YouTube and they're going to make a video and they're going to label me a hater. They're going to label me a bigot. They're going to label me a homophobe. They're going to label me transphobe. They're going to say, I'm not fit to be in public. I'm not fit to be heard. I should be removed. I should be banned. I should lose any job I might have. I shouldn't be allowed to speak at a university on any of my best-selling books. I shouldn't be invited by a major company to talk about self-care and wellness because I'm a shitty person, because I'm just evil and I'm bad and I'm the devil and God save us from those Christo-fascist Christian nationalists. Just listen to that for a moment. Sit back and actually consider That what I'm saying is not hyperbole. What I'm saying is not made up. Just Google me. Google it. And look at the people who never met me. Never once. Never had a dialogue with me. Never sat down at the table of fellowship and said, well, let me share how I see the world. And let me hear how you see the world. And What do you think of things outside of your faith? Well, I'll tell you what I think of things outside of my faith. As I started this conversation about four minutes ago, I started with the notion that we label each other and it's doing great damage. It is destroying us. It's dividing our country and it's causing a backlash and a whiplash like what you see in Florida under Governor Ron DeSantis. That's going to happen again and again and again. And it's going to start happening throughout legislatures at the state level, at the local level and rise up to the congressional level. We're seeing it, folks. Trumpism is not dead. MAGAism is not dead. It's getting more and more powerful. Don't be deceived. And do you know why? It's because of what I've been telling you for the last few years on this podcast. The silent majority that has always existed in America, always existed, and will always exist. Those people who you work with, 
who you see at the grocery store, those people who don't get involved in politics, they're not on TV as talking heads, they're not in academia teaching, they're not leading rallies, they're not leading protests. They're just regular everyday people. They have opinions. The majority of the United States of America, over 70%, that number's probably higher, of people attend church every Sunday. They're Christians or they're Hindus or they're Muslims, or they're Jewish, but I'm talking about just straight now Christians, right? America is a country with a large faith-based population. America is a country, as I said in the podcast last month, that was absolutely positively founded around the notion that our rights are derived from a creator, from God, from something bigger than us. It's on our money, It's in our institutions. No, 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 no. We don't have one national faith that we're all Baptists. We don't have one national faith that we're all Catholics. We don't have one national faith that we're all Hindus or Muslims or Jewish. Of course not. That's not religious freedom. and That's not religious liberty. And if you're an atheist, you belong here every much as does the Catholic that's here. But if you ask me what I think about outside my faith, I'll go back to again where I started, which is as a Christian, I am pro-life. I believe that birth starts at conception, rather life, not birth. You know what I meant. But if you ask me as an American what I think about a woman's right to make decisions over her own body, I will tell you. That I believe she has an absolute right to do that. And she has the same liberty I have to make a different choice than she might make. If you say you believe in America. And if you were pissed off about wearing masks. And if you were pissed off about vaccines. But you are all for shutting down a woman's right to privacy. A woman's right to make decisions with her doctor, a woman's right to get a DNC after she's had a miscarriage, it has nothing to do with her fault or anything else, it's just what happened with her body, then how dare you talk about your liberty? And you see, there's the problem we have here, folks. We got a lot of hypocrites running around. We got a lot of people that say, what's good for me is good for me, but it ain't good for you. And that is never something that I've ever aligned myself with, nor will I ever align myself with. These labels, these labels, these labels are toxic. The young people like that word, toxic. These labels are breaking us. We live in a culture now of offended people, of upset people, aggrieved people who when they get offended or upset or they don't like a question you ask, they don't like a position you take, they don't like a feeling you have, they don't like how you think. I need you to hear me on this because this is happening in real time in our country and it is going to be the downfall of the great United States because a house divided cannot stand. I say that on every podcast Because you need to hear it and you need to get it in your mind and in your heart and in your soul. That if we don't start talking and building bridges, if we don't leave people alone and let them think what the hell they want to think. 
And if we don't let people express their opinions, even when they make our blood boil and stand in the public square and have a discussion about it and a dialogue about it, free from demanding that they be fired, demanding that they be thrown out, demanding that they be run out, not seen, not heard from, how dare you do that to another person? That is not America. That's fascism. That's authoritarianism. And it is absolutely happening on the far left and on the far right. Let me say it again. People, you know, this week mocked Andrew Yang and my former boss, Christine Todd Whitman, and I think uh, Miles um, Taylor, who started this third party called the Forward Party. Yang has been talking about it for a while, but they've united And they are uh, in this place now where they are, I have to give them credit. I don't believe that a third party will make it here because the only way a third party will really make it in the United States is if half the United States Senate and half the United States House tomorrow stood up and said, we can't work this way anymore and we're forming a third party. It would work then. Because they would have the apparatus, they would already be elected, they could declare themselves independent, and it would radically change our government. Our government would be turned upside down, and you talk about change, and you talk about something new, that would be it. But I admire the fact that they're trying to do something, because we do need another way, because the path we have is broken. The left hates everything on the right, and the right hates everything on the left. The right fundamentally believes that this is uh, uh, a nation founded on Judeo-Christian values that should be um, Protestant in their nature, and that Anglican Protestant on top of that, you know I'm speaking code, but you know what I'm saying, and you look at Justice Alito, a sitting justice on the Supreme Court going over Europe, nonetheless, and giving a speech Mocking those who are what he considers against life in this country. People who are pro-choice. And defending the Supreme Court's decision that was extremely political. It was not based in any precedent. It was not based in any jurisprudence. It was not based in the Constitution. Because when the Constitution was written in the 1700s, there was no mention of abortion. There was no mention of a fundamental right to privacy and all of these things that have evolved through 200 plus years of Supreme Court decisions. So you got to really stop for a moment and think about where we are and what's happening in our great America. I don't have to agree with people. I don't have to like what they think and what they say. Do you know how many times I've been called nigger in my life? A few times. The stories I could share, the stories that I've shared in my first book, Black Woman Redefined in particular, but throughout the others as well, the things that have been done to me that are dehumanizing, that broke me to the point where I didn't want to get out of my bed, the disrespect, the unkindness, not because I wasn't qualified or competent, but because I'm black and female. Discovering that people have written nasty emails about you at your job and they're all of one race and of one gender and you're the outlier and they don't want you there because they didn't think you had a right to speak at a meeting 
and your position outranked theirs. And they wanted you removed. You cannot make these things up the cruelty by which we subject each other to. So I'm not going to take a lecture from any group, any marginalized group about how bad you have it in life. Because, frankly, I'm a little disappointed in the civil rights community as an African-American. And I know a whole lot of people that agree with me on this. That we have ceded our power and weakened our power as the original group that was liberated through the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. The original group for which the Civil Rights Act was passed in 1964 and the Voting Rights Act in 1965. All other groups have derived their rights from the rights that were given expressly to African-American peoples. Check me on that. I'm correct. And yet, we're scrapping for a seat at the table because other groups are now more important. Other people's rights are more important. They are superior to our rights. And whenever you get into a place where you start deciding whose rights are superior to whose and who's got to be second in line and third in line and fourth in line, everybody loses. That's the reality. We can't even get Voting Rights Act renewed and passed again by Congress in 2022. And on this very day in 1965, President Johnson signed the Voting Rights Actions, the laws into action. Now think about that, okay? And here we are in the 21st century and we can't get a majority in the House and the Senate. Well, in the House you can, but in the Senate you can't because the Republicans won't support it. Think of that. The radical Republicans of the 1860s. The, the, The radical Republicans led by Thaddeus Stevens, right, in the House. The great Thaddeus Stevens. The radical Republicans passing... You know, getting rid of slavery, passing the Equal Protections Clause, and then the right for black men to vote. Fast forward on my old party, that party, and this is what you got. It's become a party of grievance, a party of disruption, but a party that will continue to draw votes and support at the grassroots and at the state level, because that silent majority I mentioned earlier is sick and freaking tired of being told how to think, how to speak, what we have to accept, what we must sign on to or we're not allowed to work, we're not allowed to be on university campuses, we're not allowed to be seen, heard otherwise. That's not America. That's not an America I'm going to be a part of. And a whole lot of people think that way. But they're not going to do what I do. They don't have podcasts. They're not on TV. They're not on Twitter. They're not on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. They're going to be quiet. And they're smiling at you. When you see them out at your house. And you walk out to get your mail. Or you wave when you're cutting the lawn. And they're thinking I'm sick and tired of this crap. I'm tired of them forcing diversity training on me at my job. I'm tired of them forcing political correctness on me. I'm tired of my kids coming home and telling me they've got to do X, Y, Z. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. And the fact is, a very vocal minority, and a very small minority at that, 
has gotten themselves so organized, and that's to their credit, that they have gotten corporate America on board, that they've gotten industry on board, that they've gotten academia on board, that they've gotten Hollywood and entertainment on board. And there is a PC-ness now. I just saw that um, someone was not getting a book published. They had gotten a book deal with Simon & Schuster, who's my publisher, one of the two biggies in the world. And their book got pulled because there was outrage that this person had gotten a book deal. Wait the hell a minute. Are, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Have you looked throughout history at some of the people like Adolf Hitler who got book deals? Or who could write books? Monsters. Madmen. I want them to write books. I want to know what they think. I want to know what they say. And then I want to debate it. And I want to get on television. And I want to write opinion pieces about it. Because I don't want to run. I don't want to hide. I want to talk about it. I want to call it out for what it is. Folks, when did we get to this place where we have decided that if you don't think like me, if you don't approve of my lifestyle, if you don't approve of my decisions, if you don't approve of who I have sex with, I'm making sure you get run out. I'm making sure that you are shut down. I'm going to label you. I'm going to call you names. I'm going to attack you. I'm going to write, you know, blogs about you. I'm going to get on YouTube and talk about you. Somebody sent me a video the other day that an atheist, a self-described atheist, had done about me. He read my New York Post piece about how I feel Christians are being treated in this country. Not wacky Christians, not 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 Christian nationalism. Not I'm not talking about that. Not talking about that. And you know I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyday, regular, normal people who just go to church, who love their families, who love their neighbors, who try to do good. But they have faith beliefs, like I do, like you do, like others do. And we ought to be able to express those in the public square without being vilified, attacked, and labeled. I'm not making policy. If I were the Speaker of the House, and our Speaker of the House is a Catholic, and if Nancy Pelosi got up tomorrow and said, I want to pass a law that everybody in America has to be a Catholic, we would all laugh at her. We'd all think she was insane. We'd call for her removal, and rightly so, because she's in a position to make laws and to change them and to persuade others to do so. Your everyday Joe is not in that position. We got to do better, folks. We got to calm down. And, and, And let me say this, too, to marginalized groups who don't understand that If you attack everybody all the time for everything they say they do, they think that you don't like, you're not going to have any allies. Because just as I consider myself pro-life, buckle up for what I'm about to say. I'm more pro-liberty. So again, I respect a woman's right to make a different choice than I would have or I would. I respect a woman's right to privacy because I want privacy with my doctors. I respect a woman's right to terminate a pregnancy if that's what she feels with the consultation of her doctor, 
her boyfriend, her husband, whoever, that that's what she needs to do. That's not my business and it's not my choice. But if you ask me personally what I am, Sophia Nelson would never have an abortion. Sophia Nelson does not believe in it. But that's for me. Similarly, I said that I believe marriage is between a male and a female. I'm going to believe that to the day I die, no matter how much ranting, no matter how much labeling, no matter how much destruction certain groups try to do, because that's my faith belief. And it is a faith belief recognized for thousands of years, thousands, not hundreds, thousands of years by every major faith, including Islam and Judaism. Period, full stop. However, if you ask me how I feel about the LGBTQ plus community, I'm on record of saying this going back to 2012 in my debate with Professor Michael Eric Dyson. Go Google it. Go look at it. People have tried to twist it and use it against me and shame on them because I couldn't have been more clear about how I feel about that community. I think they have every right that I have. I think they should be able to adopt children, go to work, buy homes, be with their loved ones when they're sick, be able to, if, if they're in a committed relationship, whether it be through uh, uh, civil union or some type of marriage ceremony, they ought to have the same rights as everybody else. Full stop, period. That's what I believe. It's what I've been on the record of believing for more than a decade. It's not going to change. It doesn't mean that I have to sanction or agree with or like everything about that lifestyle. I don't. Just as they don't have to agree or like everything about heterosexual lifestyles. Heterosexuals make some pretty piss poor choices all the time. That's why the divorce rate is at 50% plus in the United States of America right now. Okay? So if we're going to have real talk, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's stop the bullcrap and let's stop the ducking and the hiding and the whining and the crying and the protesting and all this stuff because you don't like what somebody said. You don't like a question somebody asked. You don't like the way somebody feels or the way somebody thinks because it doesn't line up with what you want them to believe. That's not America. That is not who we are. And if we keep doing this garbage that we're doing, extremist, don't miss what I'm about to say, extremist, extremist like the governor of Florida. I do not like the governor of Florida. I'm going to go on the record. I think you all know this. I've written about it. I think he's dangerous. I think he's far more dangerous than Donald Trump will ever be because he's smarter. And what he has done, particularly using the LGBTQ plus community and transgender communities and the laws that are being passed and the way that these groups are being singled out the way that companies that do certain things are being threatened. That's not America. That's not what we do. But the reason it's working and the reason it's connecting, my God, hear me on this. It's because people are sick and tired, sick and tired of having stuff shoved in their face and told what they have to think and what they have to feel and how they have to look and how they have to act and what they better accept and what they better agree to or they're not even welcome at their job. They're not welcome anywhere because they're bigots and they're haters and they're homophobes and they're transphobes and they're racist. Folks, 
we better watch ourselves because this throughout history is how we get war, civil war. It's how we get brutality and violence against certain groups. My biggest fear and worry, and I'm worried about this again, living black every day in the United States of America. We know what that experience is like. It's something you can't explain if you haven't lived. But I worry that some of these far right extremist groups, the people that we saw take over our capital on January 6th, the people who beat police officers almost to death, caused the death of at least five or more through suicide or PTSD, if not with physical violence. I worry that those groups will start beating on transgender kids, beating up LGBTQ people. I worry about that because it's been done to my community from time immortal. Whenever you're different, whenever you're the other, whenever you're the outlier, whenever you're something to be feared, whatever, you're not only in danger of the laws that we see being written and passed out of fear, bigotry, and hatefulness, but you're in danger of physical violence and murder and death. I'm worried. We should all be worried and we should all stand up and raise our voices together. So here's what I want to say. I'm going to wrap it like this. I'm talking about labels today and how we label each other and how we, in doing that, miss opportunities to build bridges and find common ground where we can stand together. I've said this many times. I'll say it again. If I ever see somebody beating on a gay kid or a transgender kid, I'm getting involved. It might cost me my life. I might get beat up, but I'm getting involved. Because I would want somebody to get involved if one of my nieces who's biracial was being picked on for being black or biracial in this country. I would want somebody to get involved if somebody was attacking me and beating me up because I'm black. If I see somebody mistreating my fellow Asian Americans or Latino Americans or whatever group, I'm getting involved because it is wrong and it's not what we do. That's not America. That's not who we are. We have to get to a place where we can find some civility to have a discussion about the things we don't see eye to eye. You do far better, friends, if you sit people down and say, let me tell you why. That question you asked Sophia Nelson on Twitter back in October 2021 about Superman's son, the comic book character, upset me. Let me buy you a cup of coffee. Let's sit together and let me tell you why that made me feel some kind of way. Even though I know you weren't talking to me or about me, but let me tell you how it made me feel. Do you know when you approach people like that, you have a high likelihood of success with not only getting them to want to sit down with you, but to actually hear you and to hear your heart. Where you lose people, and the reason that I decided not to go to campus and have a dialogue after being protested, 
after being called names, after having my reputation utterly destroyed. You have no idea the fallout that has ensued from that shit show at Christopher Newport University last fall. And it was a shit show. It should have never happened. It was out of order. It had nothing to do with anyone there. It had nothing to do with my responsibilities there. And it was used to label. It was used to drive a wedge. It was used to make a point that those who participated in that attack, slander, defamation of which they engaged about me are still doing to this very day. Like I said, just go on to YouTube. You'll hit pay dirt. And I think what's important is, is that as I reflect on that, I think of how it could have gone. And it could have gone an entirely different way had men and women of goodwill stood up and led. And led with compassion and led with understanding of how our First Amendment works in this country, particularly on public university campuses, with an understanding of how people's faith informs how they feel about things and how they see things, particularly when it comes to parental rights. If they had had an understanding that in Virginia at that very moment, what we should have done on our campus was invite candidate Glenn Youngkin and candidate Terry McAuliffe to the campus and we should have had a debate because parental rights was the number one issue that got Glenn Youngkin elected who is now governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia and for the record Governor Youngkin is to the right of Sophia Nelson and there's no one that doesn't know that to be true and the point is is that had we dialogued about it had we talked about it We could have set a model, a national standard of what we do here in the Commonwealth when we have disagreement, when we have inflection points where certain marginalized groups don't see the world the same. But how do we sit down at the table of brotherhood and sisterhood and work it out and talk through it? How do we respect each other's different viewpoints and each other's faiths Without leaving any group feeling like they're not people and they're not human too. I know the life I live. I know the kind of human being I am. And you guys see me on TV. You know who I hang out with. You saw the people who supported my book launch and the people whose shows I'm on. Some of these people are gay and lesbian people who are actually in marriages with other gay and lesbian people. Do you think for one moment, I want you to ask yourself this as I wrap this show. Do you think for one moment that anyone who thought I was a homophobe or a transphobe or didn't like gay people would have me on their platforms or support me? Ask yourself that question. Of course they wouldn't. Of course they wouldn't. The people who know me, who've known me for 10, 20, 30 years, they know that's not me. They know. They know it's bullcrap, which is why they ignore it 
and keep inviting me to participate and to be a part of their platforms because they know the person that I am. For those who want to pick fights, for those who want to tear down, for those who want to skin people like me alive to prove a point that all Christians are bad or that, you know, is this self-proclaimed atheist, he's a real reliable source if he's talking about Christians, right? Being that he's an atheist, which means he's against God and doesn't believe in God. Another podcast for another day. But if you go and watch what this clown has said, and he is a clown. Um, Sophia Nelson says she was attacked because of her faith. She's a liar. She was attacked for her bigotry. She was held accountable. She was given consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep up with the consequences stuff. And what you're finding is that we're all paying consequences now because we have a radicalized Supreme Court that overturned 50 years of precedent and a woman's right to choose because, yes, there are consequences. Keep sticking that in people's face. Keep attacking people. Keep labeling people. And you're going to find yourself in a world that you don't want to be in, a world run by Ron DeSantis who, like I said, I think is far more dangerous than Donald Trump will ever be. Trump's not very smart. Trump's a troublemaker. He's a rabble rouser. DeSantis is smarter than that. He's more polished than that. You remember this podcast and what happens when we label people and we want to shove it in people's faces that they better think the way we want and act the way we want and speak the way We want or we're getting rid of them. We're getting them fired. We're canceling them. We're running them out. I'm telling you, a storm is brewing and it's not a good one. And people like me who are center right moderates, we're a dying breed. My party has been overrun by MAGA, extremists, dangerous patriarchal Neanderthal. I don't have enough words in the lexicon to tell you how bad these people are, but I think you know. Gone are the Liz Cheneys, and if Liz Cheney is a moderate now, you better ask yourself some serious questions. I love Liz. I hope she wins her primary. I don't know what happens if she doesn't, but I know she stood up for what was right and righteous, and I know that in the end, History's going to remember her as it does Margaret Chase Smith and other great Americans who put it all on the line for America. I hope you can hear what I'm saying today about labels and how dangerous they are and how damaging it is when we want to tell other people what they have to think, what they should say, how they should speak, what they can't say. It's wrong. And it's breaking us. That is not what we do in the United States of America. And no group, not the black group, not the gay group, not the Latino group, not the white group, not the Asian group, not the female group, not the male group. None of us has the right to tell the other group what they have to do or else there'll be consequences. Consequences be damned. Because who are you to give somebody consequences? Who am I to give somebody consequences? That's not our job. So that's it. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, 
Guys, we got to do better. We got to do better than this. We're breaking ourselves and we're breaking each other. And like I said, beware the silent majority. You see what they're doing in Indiana? Now, Kansas shut it down. Good for them. But do you see what they're doing in Ohio? Ohio used to be a pretty... Oberlin College is in Ohio, folks. Ohio was an abolitionist state. Ohio used to be a moderate Republican state. It's draconian now. It's that silent majority that doesn't say anything, but they come out and they vote for these people. And that should scare you and it should scare me. LGBTQ plus community, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to end with this. I'm not going to agree with everything. But I absolutely consider myself an ally. I absolutely consider myself someone that does not want to see LGBTQ plus people or transgender people hurt in this country or mistreated. I've written about it. I tweet about it long before Christopher Newport University 2021 and long after. That's who I'm going to be. But because my faith informs me on certain things, as a Bible-believing Christian, I believe in creationism. I believe that the world was created by the voice of God as accounted and recounted in Genesis chapter 1. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. I believe he got up out of a grave and lives to this day. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe that. That is my belief. I believe... In the old covenant, replaced by a far better new covenant of the New Testament. That's my faith. That is essential to who I am and how I live my life. I fail at it every day. I try to do better when I fail. But I try really hard to live by the tenets of my faith myself. I hold myself to the highest standard. So... You got to take people for all of who they are, not just in parts and in pieces, folks. You got to you got to give people a chance to to get to know you and you them. You got to stop labeling people, particularly those of you who you read something, some tweet, some other guy says, you know, getting on Twitter and telling people to F off it makes you look like a lunatic. You're not. You're not winning people. You're not influencing people. You look like a raving lunatic and nobody wants to talk to you. And nobody wants to even hear a very good point you might be trying to make when you start calling people names and labeling them and telling them to F off and and, and cursing at their God and at their faith. That's disgusting. It's not how you win friends and influence dialogue. It's not. You got to do better. I'm always here. I'm ready to talk. But what I'm not going to do is engage in cursing wars and I'm not going to engage in YouTube wars and I'm not going to engage in this kind of stuff. I'm just not going to do it. I don't have time for it. It's exhausting and it's not what I want to spend my time doing. Stop labeling people. Stop threatening people. Stop being offended. Stop being upset Stop being angry all the time. It's not a good way to live. It's just not a good way to live. And I think that's what I want to end this podcast on and just say that, you know, I'm going to keep being a voice and I'm going to keep showing up and I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be run off. I'm not going to be afraid because at the end of the day, I know that I will leave this earth 
like we all will. I don't know when or how, but I know I will. And I believe that I will kneel before and be accountable to a living God. And the way I lived, the way I treat people, the way I tried to work through things, the way I handled myself, the way I showed up in the world is going to matter. And it's the same for you. Whether you believe it or not, that's okay. But it's the way I want to live my life. So let's stop labeling one another. Let's, let's try to take it down a few notches and let's try to actually hear people out and talk it out and work it out. Because that's the beauty of who we are. That's the America that's the envy of all the world, or at least it used to be. And I hope we can get back to that place. I hope we can learn to build bridges. We don't always have to agree. We don't always have to approve of each other's actions or who we love or, or who we have sex with or where we worship or where we vacation or what we think or what food we like. It's just not going to happen. And that's okay. So I'm going to leave it there. As always, your comments are welcome on social media and otherwise. Give me feedback. I'm looking forward to kicking off the fourth season starting after Labor Day. This is the last podcast of the summer. And uh, we'll be back in the fall. Love you guys. Take care. God bless America. And God bless our troops.